Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 68 of Maximize Your Influence. Steve Olson here with Kurt Mortensen. We're getting over the turkey hangover, blazing into Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all this nonsense that they have for us, conditioned to just spend money like train seals. Isn't that right? <laughs> that is right. Had a good uh, Thanksgiving, everyone. To our international listeners, we have a day of uh, Thanksgiving where we, I guess being thankful, we eat a lot of turkey and pie and hang out with family and I had a good uh, Thanksgiving. Love a good turkey sandwich. I don't know, Steve, how'd you do? Oh, I did great. I brined the turkey this year, oh. and then I smoked it after it was brined. It was delightful. Oh, you got to give me the hours. What's it take to smoke it? Was it how, how big was it? Uh, it was only a 14-pounder. Ah, yeah. So and it, it, all-nighter? No, you, you, you brine it for a day. That's the key with poultry. Okay, so you brine it for a day, and then I only had to smoke it for... About an hour to get some smoke into it, and then I just turned the heat up to 300 or so to cook it. Yeah, it turned out really good. Really good. All right. There's your food for the day. Food Turkey. for the day. That's right. <laughs> Turkey and lots and of other you, stuff. And makes you sleep. So good turkey, good nap. It's a, it was good times. Yeah, I made a sandwich last night. We had these leftover rolls, and I put turkey on it, stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, and <laughs> cranberry sauce. Yeah. <laughs> It was Did real it sloppy, but it was fantastic. Yeah, you're in heaven. You yeah. didn't put the pumpkin pie right on top of that? <laughs> I should have done that. It's yeah, then you're done. It. Thanksgiving and a sandwich. Yeah, international <laughs> listeners, I mean, football and all this, I mean, is that not so America? So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. But we're glad to be back. We took the week off last week because we're not going to release a show on Thanksgiving. We were We were busy just hanging out, but we're back at it. And we have some interesting uh, information for you. An article today, we're going to talk about the persuasion and the marketing that swirls around Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which is always fun to talk about and, and fun to analyze. And I certainly got conned into buying some things over the last <laughs> couple of days, and you probably did too. So no, I'd never admit that. You never would. <laughs> well, Kurt was busy marrying off his daughter. That happened. We did do that this week. I don't know why they chose such a strange week, but it was good. The weather was good. It's uh, Fathers know it's hard to marry off. Uh, this is my first one, my first daughter. So, But it was good. Good guy, good family, good times, good food. So, yeah, a lot of uh, things happened last week, but uh, we're good, feeling good, and uh, and ready to tackle December. December. Yeah. yeah. More fun marketing stuff, more fun blunders to cover in <laughs> December. But uh, today we wanted to lead it off with a geeky article moment. Cue up the article. Go! <laughs> okay, so apparently you don't have to be smart as a leader. You just have to be good looking. Is that right? Well, not necessarily good looking. It's interesting. It was looking healthy Ah, is more important for leaders than looking smart. And I know that to be true just based on the charisma research. I mean, smart is good. Competence is important. But especially for initial reactions, if you don't look healthy... You go downhill from there. And I think this kind of goes back to early probably caveman days. If you didn't look healthy, if you weren't strong, if you weren't vibrant, if you weren't full of energy, you got crossed off all of this real fast. You probably didn't live very long because the ones that were healthy and strong kind of took over things. 
So this was interesting. The source here is Science Daily. They actually did this in Amsterdam where they were trying to look at the two. They weren't quite sure. Okay, healthy or smart, which one you choose? Obviously, the best answer is all of the above if you can. I mean, you want to do both. So they took people that had healthy complexions, that looked healthy, versus people that looked smart. And I'm not going to go on how they did that, but they had these different pictures. They would doctor the pictures. And they would show people these pictures to see what their preferences were for the traits of leaders, right? The, about these physical appearances. We all know we judge. And this was all part of the neuroscience department. And what they found is facial traits were a primary area of study because this provides so much information. I mean, we look at somebody and subconsciously we judge them in so many areas. So they looked at women and men. So they show these pictures, and they were pretending to select a CEO for a new company. And they wanted to see, okay, is it going to be the healthy or is it going to be the intelligent? And basically, it came down in 69% of the trials. The preference was for strong, healthy-looking people. I guess basically, if you want to be chosen for leadership, you want to be in leadership, intelligence is important. You have to have that competence, and that comes over time, but that initial reaction, being healthy, having energy, getting some exercise, maybe getting some sun, whatever you need to do, losing some weight, whatever you need to do, it makes a big difference, especially in that initial reaction when people are looking for someone to be a leader. I think that looking healthy, there's not a very fine line between that and attraction, which we've talked about a lot on the show, right? Because if you're not looking healthy, obviously you're not attractive, okay? And so I, I think it just goes such a long way to keep some gum, dental floss, and eye drops in your car, right? <laughs> Those are things that are dead giveaways uh, right away. But if you've got good breath and your teeth are clean and you don't have bloodshot eyes, step one, right? Yeah, and maybe add Red Bull to that, a little more energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some things you can do in the short term, but you did. Attraction, energy. And that was one of the surprising things to me when I wrote Laws of Charisma is that energy was its own section. Having that energy, being healthy, the way you look and actually being healthy. So, I mean, I mean, that's a huge thing that we tend to put on that back burner. I'll exercise later. Won't worry about it later to where we get judged, especially with weight. Weight for both men and women really hurts our lifetime earnings. And I'm not saying that it's fair, but that's just how it is. It, it's how it is. And it's real. I mean, that's a real biological thing. I'm proud to announce that I've recently lost 16 pounds, right? Woo, good for you. Yeah. And that it, takes I, some work. It does. And, and putting the jeans on in the morning and they're, you know, I need new ones now just mm -hmm. makes you feel so much better and more confident about your day. And that reflects on your prospects. It does. And, and weight could be a simple thing. It could be get exercise. And I've told people time and time again when they say, well, I don't have time to exercise. Well, let's see. When you exercise, you have more energy, you sleep less, you think better, you get more done, and you live longer. I've made the same excuse, but we can find time to at least do a little walking or something to increase our energy and our health. And you look more healthy, just like mm -hmm. the article talks about, kind of fitting that we talk about this at, right after Thanksgiving. When there we go, after we've gorged yeah. ourselves. <laughs> I, I feel disgusted with myself today. Um, yeah. But it, Maybe we should have saved that for January after the holidays and Thanksgiving to where... Uh, we needed, yeah. <laughs> we needed a little kick in the rear to get uh, a little more healthy. We're we're not great at the timing sometimes. It, <laughs> it it reminds me of that. It was a presidential debate many years ago between John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. I don't know if you know about this one, but oh yeah, it's famous. Yeah, yeah. And Kennedy wasn't always known to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. 
that that was kind of the joke about him. But in this debate, Nixon on camera is pale. He's sweating. And Kennedy looked young and healthy. And it was just wasn't even a contest. People weren't even paying attention to the words that these guys were saying anymore because the comparison was so was so stark. Well, the interesting thing about that is Nixon refused the makeup, and so he kind of got drowned out in the lights. But the fascinating thing is that in the radio, Nixon won, but in TV, Kennedy won. So there's that contrast between just hearing the voice and hearing the voice and seeing the face. That is crazy that on the radio, Nixon won and Kennedy lost. Mm -hmm. I think he was a little ill. He was looking pale. He had bags under his eyes. The lights drowned him out. You know, no guy likes to wear makeup, but when you're under those lights, TV camera, you've got to. It's just how it is. Otherwise, you get drowned out and don't look healthy at all. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty amazing. It just goes to show you that we, we spend so so much time worrying about what we're going to say. And really, it's just as important, if not more, how we say it and, and how we look when we're saying it. That's people. I mean, that's That's the business that we're in. And that's the big blunder for most speakers that we train is that they concentrate so much on the content versus the delivery and everything else, which is the majority of it. I mean, content's content. That's important, but you've got to deliver it in the right way or it's not going to matter. Yeah. If the content was more important than the delivery, would McDonald's sell one more hamburger ever? <laughs> that's right. Look at the commercials. Look at the infomercials. Yeah. That'll tell you a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's a good geeky article moment, Kurt. Thank you for that. Let's go ahead and move on to what we wanted to talk about today because with Black Friday and Cyber Monday, we check our brains at the door. We have all these deals that we have to go spend money on. My wife is right now on the computer looking at deals because she has to. Right? <laughs> she's, it's a requirement of being human, right? Yeah, I was joking with her. It's like she's forcing it. She's just like, I, well, I got to find deals. For what? What do you want? Well, there's deal. There, there's no real answer as to what's the being key, looked for. The key factors there, I might miss out. It's called psychological reactants. I might miss out. Someone might get a better deal. Someone might take it away from me. Someone might go to Walmart and steal that $10 DVD player because I got to get what's mine. Wow, it's just... <laughs> It's kind of sad showing how much of that caveman brain we still have. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many fights break out? I remember, I think it was, I think it was a Walmart where they have everything wrapped up and or they have a tarp over it. And if your hand's on it, you get it. But it doesn't, you can't get it till 8 a.m. And so people, if your hand's on it, you get it on the tarp. Lady passes out. They just kind of push her to the side. Another person puts their hand on it. Like, it's a lady on the floor, people. <laughs> That's crazy. And we just, it brings out the worst in human nature. The way we think, what we do, how we act, the fights that erupt. That psychological reactance, that urgency, that scarcity is a great marketing tool, but it does, it brings the worst out of it. I think it's in New York City where they have the, the once-a-year wedding dress sale where, ooh, look out. You got to protect yourself because those uh, people go nuts. We want you to treat your prospects with, with respect, obviously. It's hard to do that, though, when you look at them and you know that inside of all of them, even the most educated ones, there's a caveman in there. <laughs> right. With those primal instincts of I've got to get mine because if, you know, if I don't, then this guy is going to take it from me. But that is a, a tried and true marketing method. And it's never on better display than on Black Friday with uh, these people do these crazy things showing up. And, you know, there's been a lot of studies looking at what they save. Right. And you go, is your time worth nothing? <laughs> right. Yeah, they spend. 12 hours wait in line getting there and you do the math is what you get paid per hour it doesn't matter but hey you've got a great deal or feeling good and that's the human brain the losing a hundred dollars or versus 
getting a hundred dollars just it's different in our brain and we react differently and and so that potential loss is a lot stronger than a potential gain and it's just how we act in fact there's an interesting thing that happened in my hometown orange county california that okay lack of rainfall we're in a drought we've got to reconstruct this major water vein uh, we got to prepare for the worst we don't want to put water rationing on you but please do uh, conserve water with your lawns and what you're doing and you want to know what happened Water consumption went through the roof, <laughs> right? Everyone's like, oh, no, there's going to be future restrictions. It's going to be scarce. We won't have enough. We won't be able to water lawn. We can't fill up our pool. So everyone went nuts and watered their lawn and filled up their pool and did all these things that they weren't supposed to do because in the future it might not be there. That's human nature 101. Right. So how do we take advantage of it in our marketing and in our persuasion without – coming across as overly cheesy or manipulative because, you know, we definitely feel this when people do these things, yet it works. Where do we draw that line? Oh, there's a huge cheese factor here. I mean, how often can a furniture store go out of business? I mean, really, right? Yeah. How often when you go to the cell phone store and they say, oh, the cell ends the day, you go, yeah, whatever. If I come tomorrow, you'll give it to me. They're like, yeah, we will. <laughs> so there's the cheese factor side, but then there's the other side. If you don't give someone a reason to make a decision that day, anybody in sales know that anybody says, I'll be back, it's not coming back, they're not going to do it. So we have this kind of this balance we have to figure out with scarcity. And, I mean, there's some great examples out there. You have Disney, last time this decade, with their DVDs. Wow, does that increase their sales. You have the countdown clock on Home Shopping Network when they say not available in stores. You have Orbitz when they say only two seats left at this price to buy an airline ticket. Those are the things that makes a huge difference in scarcity. So... As far as getting past the cheese factor, here's what needs to happen. You have to give them a reason why the sale ends today, why you're only taking three people, why the deadline's on Friday. So that's the first one. There has to be a good reason. Second, it has to be believable because we've all seen it so many times. It has to be believable. And the third one that's interesting, and this helps you match up with personalities, is offer some type of reward to kind of buffer that scarcity. So if you were at a cell phone store and said, yeah, Sale does end today, but you know what? When you make that decision today, you get an extra thousand minutes. You get an extra couple gigs of data, whatever it is. So if you can kind of buffer that a little bit, it makes a huge difference when you are working with people. They get their eyes focused on that reward instead of dwelling on the on the scarcity and these guys are going to screw me over if I don't do something mm -hmm. right away here. And that's latest research. So that kind of really buffers it to where it really adjusts the different personalities to where, yeah, that's true. It's the last one we have in your size, but you can take it today. We can give you free shoe polish or, or an extended warranty, whatever it is. I mean, the things that we can sweeten the pot with that makes a big difference. So they're getting both. There's the urgency, there's a the scarcity versus there's also reward for them for taking action. Because again, if you don't give them a reason to take action, we all know that if we can delay a decision, if we can wait till April to pay our taxes, if we can put it off, the human caveman brain will. You have to help to make a decision today. Okay, so to review, we have to have a reason that this is happening. It can't be just, you got to do it, and then there's no explanation. Mm -hmm. It has to be believable, so it can't, you know, to, to take away that cheese factor. And there has to be a reward on the back end to buffer that and, and take the sting out of it. Is that a fair summary? That works, exactly. Okay, okay, cool. So, yeah, this is happening like crazy. I think we've said it on the podcast before, the reason airlines can do it is because, like you said, it's a believable reason. There's only so many seats on the flight. Mm -hmm. Right. There's not it's not like you can come back and they say, oh, we can just lengthen the plane for you and put in an extra seat. That's <laughs> not happening. Built in, it is. 
Yeah. And it's, the amazing thing is they're trained. Those customer service people are trained. So, and you've probably done this before. It says, well, I'm thinking about, can I do standby in this flight? Because you don't want to spend any more money and standby is free. And you say, well, and you're thinking, well, I don't know, sir. We, we could be sold out. We don't know. I say, can you look at number of seats? Well, we're just not sure. We can't guarantee there's going to be seats because they want you to buy it because mm-hmm. of that built-in scarcity. And I finally learned to say, okay, if you were me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Would you would you purchase a ticket? Would you wait? And a lot of times you'll get a more honest answer that way. Yeah, yeah, they get off the script a little bit for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I see too, and this is kind of what has happened with the Black Friday culture because this was not always around like this, right? It's 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 pure mayhem now. But go back twenty years, and it wasn't necessarily like this, right? There were some deals, but now people are opening up on six. O- 6 o'clock p.m. on Thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. But if you're going to have that kind of a scarcity mentality, you absolutely have to 100% commit to it, and you cannot go back on it at all. Otherwise, your credibility is just gone forever. They just know, hey, I'm going to be able to come back later, and they're going to cave. It's like kids. you know. I have a a son who's almost a year old, and he's a stone-code negotiator already. Right. <laughs> he knows that when we're going to give and when we're not, because we've made that decision. And that's for, for example, the airlines or Black Friday. Right. If you don't do it, it, it goes till this time and the deals go away and they actually do. And yeah. the same thing with the Disney vault. Right. It goes away. And so now people are conditioned that when this comes along, we have to act because it's real. And that's a big thing. Persuaders is stick to it. If you say it's Friday, if you say it's the last one, make sure it's the truth. It makes a big difference. It helps all of us out because if people think, oh, yeah, whatever, it's because people have been lying to them and they're making it up. Make sure it's legitimate, believable, real, and it makes a big difference for all of us. You might end up leaving some deals, some money on the table in the short term in the interest of creating a long-term culture of scarcity because people will test you when it comes to scarcity. It's just like kids when I was joking about earlier. They're going to come back. They're going to not believe you. And when they get stonewalled and say, hey, that's that's how we do it. Wow. The word spreads. It embeds in the psyche of that consumer. And now you've got them trained. I joked at the beginning of the call that we're trained SEALs on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And uh, that's exactly what will happen. Yeah. And just let them know, hey, that deal's not available. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Maybe there's a different deal or something else going on or something else happening that you can work out to, to stay, still save the deal and keep your integrity. Yep, yep. But you've got to make that commitment to the cultural change, to the cultural shift within your business or within your industry. So it, it, it works really, really well. That's why they call it Black Friday. It's when all these guys go into the black. They start actually making money because they move so much uh, so much product and so much of their, their stuff on this on Friday and Monday. It's great. I love it. <laughs> it is. It's amazing the People that, in fact, it's amazing to see the size of the newspaper on Thursday as far as everyone's getting in, everyone's getting on board, everyone's spending money, and it's just amazing. So if you can really get out there and find some type of deadline, maybe limited space, there's only three available, or limited numbers, limited access, country clubs do that. Potential loss, you're going to lose out, only time it's ever going to happen, restricting freedom in any way. It's how we're programmed, we need to have it. It works, but don't get into the cheese factor, keep your word, and just look at the lines right now. It works. It absolutely does. And I've found over the last couple of years, we don't plan very well for Black Friday at my house. We just decide we got to take a part in it. And so we end up going out 
um, sometime on Friday morning and have a totally frustrating experience, <laughs> right? Everything is just completely crowded. And we end up going home and ordering the same thing online uh, for the same price and without any of the hassle. And we have to learn that lesson every year. It's so annoying. Some people need that competition. They're out there. They're racing. They're going through the DVDs. Yeah. It's just amazing. But that, yeah, it's human nature one on one. That's our caveman in us. That's the caveman. So speaking of caveman, cue up the Homer. Homer, go. Go, go, go. So I've got the blunder this week, and this is pretty bad, guys. You've heard that adage in sales. You need to make it as easy as possible for your customer to do business with you. And sure, we understand that sometimes there are mistakes and sometimes there are glitches, but I had an especially frustrating interaction with a sales associate at Sears yesterday. And yeah, you're probably like, Kurt, you're going, what? Sears? It exists? Right? <laughs> what? It's still around. I don't think I've seen a Sears store in a while. If you're thinking that... It means that the branding and the overall marketing efforts of the company are failing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just yeah. I know they ran into some financial difficulties, shut a bunch of stores, so I'm not sure where they are right now. Well, I have I have some insight as to why that might be happening, right? Um, because when you want to give money to Sears, they don't want to take it. Oh yeah, that is a problem. Business. No, we don't want your money. We don't. We just want to sit here and and smile at you. Yeah. If if you're a capitalist business, your goal is to maximize profit. Then making it so your customers can't give you money is is not good. And uh, this these are earth shattering revelations on the show today. So we go to Sears yesterday because we found a deal for Black Friday. We're in the market for some appliances. We're redoing our kitchen right now. And we went. We're looking at this fridge. And we did. We actually did our research, and this was a good deal on the fridge. We're probably saving eight or nine hundred dollars on this thing, and it was a, a stainless steel Samsung fridge, and you know it's got some really really great features on it. And we had our kids at the store, and Sears they did do a good job. They had a little kid area where they made some cookies in one of their appliances and put them out there, and the kids could color and eat cookies so that the parents could spend lots of money without the kids annoying them, right? They know in Sears that kids are the enemy, okay, when, <laughs> when you walk in that store. Well, we kind of make the decision, hey, yeah, let's, let's get this fridge. Let's go ahead and do this. So I tell my wife, hey, why don't you take the kids out and go get in the car, turn on a movie for them or something, and I'll do this, because they were kind of binging off the walls at this point. We had been in there long enough. So this poor guy, older gentleman, not super tech savvy, and he starts trying to input this order online, for me to buy this fridge. And it was absolutely agonizing. Okay. I sat there for 10 minutes while he fumbled around with the keyboard. Finally, I, I hijacked the keyboard. I said, tell you what, I got to go. Let me do this. So I'm typing in my info, going through this thing real quick. We get to the part to submit the order and the screen is just blank. It won't take it. Submit it five, six, seven times. Won't take the order. My credit card is on the counter in front of the guy, right? Here's my credit card. Please charge it money. Okay. He calls over the manager. He calls over other guys. And they just can't figure out how to take this money. And they say, well, can you hang around? I said, guys, I've sat here for a half hour trying to buy a fridge. Right. The credit card's on the counter. I got to go. I got a wife and kids in the car. They're probably going ballistic. We got places to go. It's Black Friday. So here's my business card. If you figure out how to sell me this fridge, call me. Right. <laughs> so I get in the car and we're, we're driving and he calls about 15 minutes later. Well, I, I know we told you the delivery was, uh, December 20th 
And I got through to the next screen, and now it's saying it's the 29th. And I said, Ray, this is the guy's name, you're nice, but I just can't. I, I'm digging deep, deep inside, but I just cannot reward this kind of incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was ready. And, and I said, so And he, he's not offering to do, he's not apologizing. He's not saying this has been a complete pain and I'm embarrassed. So we're going to do X, Y, and Z for you as well. Right. That's kind of what I'm expecting. And I just said, I don't know what to tell you. I got on my smartphone after that, when we're in the parking lot going into the next place, went on to homedepot.com, ordered the same fridge for the same price. They're going to deliver it for free to my house. And it took me under a minute to do it. <laughs> So wow. it was just painful. So if you're wondering, oh, where's Sears? Where are they? You know, they, they don't know how to take money from their customers. That's why the stores are closing, you know, faster than Blockbuster. And so there you go. That's the blunder of the week. That's Sears, a... shame on you. That was just horrific. I mean, you wanted to give them money and they wouldn't let you. That reminds me about internet sites where you fill everything in, you do something and you're going along and then you hit submit and you forget something and all the fields are deleted. Did that ever happen to you? Oh, you to... yeah. I'm yeah. done. Uh-huh. Maybe I made a mistake, didn't fill something in, but you got to repopulate those fields. Otherwise, I'm not going to fill that information out again. I don't know how many times I've left websites where they've made it too hard, too many yeah. screens, too many questions. Okay, you want my money, make it as easy as possible. Like you said, that is so important, and that's what people want because we yeah. don't have the attention spans anymore to wait around, sit around to uh, what happened to you at Sears. I mean, you, you did what you could. You tried to give them money, and they didn't want it. I know. There's a difference between we're having a, a – short-term technical problem, and just a culture of incompetence, right, where nobody has thought about how this is looking from the customer's point of view. And I felt bad for the poor sales guy. He had a sale. He did his job. But Sears, corporate, doesn't know how to take money from customers. Well, and, and I don't know how much power he had. He did blow it to the fact where there was no apology. That's I true. Because as a consumer, you're like, okay, you blew it. Make it right. Yeah. They didn't make it right. They didn't apologize. And, and if that would have happened, there's still a little open door for you to do business with them. But after that fiasco and no apology and not making it right, you were done. But there still could have been an open door if they said, look, yeah, we blew it. I don't know what's going on. A lot of traffic on the website. This is what's going on. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to upgrade you to this model. I'm going to give you the free delivery. I'm going to add an, uh, an extend your warranty. We want your business. We value it. Even if they broke even on the sale, it would have been better because you would have been more loyal to Sears. And they wouldn't be the blunder of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just terrible. It, it was just, it was painful. Like I said, I felt bad for the guy, but you're right. There's some things he could have done on, on his end. And when I gave him the business card and I left the store, you could see it in his eyes. He knew the sale was done, right? <laughs> because the customer leaves, they were ready to spend. They leave the emotion, all that momentum wears off and it's done. It's over with. I, I would just... I was like groaning, audibly groaning in the car on the way home to my wife going, I can't believe it. They're so the blunder, you know. It was just... But you were smiling on the inside. You're like, there's the blunder. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's good. That's good show fodder. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Kurt, we're going to hang it up. You got anything else you want to add before we finish for the day? Just let everyone know that you have to have some type of scarcity, the urgency, the, again, a limited quantity, one of a kind. Limited space, hard to find once in a lifetime. Is it gone forever? Something. But remember our elements. Make sure it's believable, it's legitimate, 
buffer with reward. It works very, very well. Don't go into the cheese factor. Keep your integrity. If you say there's a deadline, there's a deadline. And it'll make a big difference in your ability to persuade and influence. That's right. Your prospects are lactose intolerant. They do not like cheese. That's right. No cheese. That's right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. As always, go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com to listen to the show, to check out the blog entries. You can subscribe on iTunes, and we're on Stitcher Radio as well in the Windows Marketplace. And send us your comments, your questions, your insults, uh, your suggestions, your blunders, your ninjas, all that stuff to MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening, and we will catch you next week on another episode of Maximize Your Influence. See you next week. 